Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for joining me here on a Wednesday evening. Mississippi State basketball tips off in just a couple of hours. We'll talk about that a little later in the show. Rhino. Down there, I pointed like like he's just right across from me. He's not. He's down there in Studio X in, uh, in Jackson. If anything goes wrong today, it's my fault. Never blame him. Always, always, he does. He is all the good of the show. I am, I am most of the bad. Whatever there is. Let's talk about today uh, here on Thunder and Lightning. Coach Chad Bumpus. I I can't be more excited on a personal level that Chad Bumpus is back in Starkville. Uh, that has been a long time coming. Uh, but he is now back, wide receivers coach from Mississippi State. He will join us uh, in about uh, 13 minutes, and we'll talk about Mississippi State, uh, how excited he is to be back, and, of course, we'll talk about you know what the wide receiver role is going to be in this new offense. So lots to talk about with Chad. Uh, and, of course, he's part of this new revamped Mississippi State uh, coaching stamp, which was finally, finally finalized. Is that a thing? Can we say finally finalized? Is that redundant? Finally finalized on uh, on Friday, uh, as Zach Arnett announced the final changes and shifts to to, to some personnel on his staff, and uh, you know we knew most of those things were going to happen. Some of them caught us by surprise, and I'll start with the one that caught me by surprise was the addition of Mike Schmidt to the staff as a second O line coach, uh, pairing up with Will Friend. So you have Will Friend, who's the offensive line coach. That's what he's listed as his duties. On um, on hailstate.com. And then you have Mike Schmidt, who's listed as the offensive tackle, tight ends coach, and the run game coordinator, which to me brings up an interesting question of who works for who. I don't I don't know who's the boss in that situation, but regardless of that, that was a, a bit of a twist you know, that nobody saw coming. Uh, and then you saw Tony Hughes, who a lot of us had sort of pegged as that tight ends coach. He moves to running backs coach. So that pushes Jason Washington into an off-the-field role as the director of player uh, development. I want to talk about that in just a minute. So Hughes goes to running backs. Schmidt takes over tight ends and offensive tackles. And then you had another hire announced. And normally an analyst being hired wouldn't be big news, but when it's a former uh, Mississippi State assistant coach, and it is, by winning percentage, the winningest head coach in Mississippi State history, tied with Zach Arnett as undefeated, 1.000, and 1-0 as Mississippi State's head football coach, Greg Knox, uh, returns as senior offensive analyst. Well, then, you know, if you were asking the question, well, Tony Hughes, has, has he ever coached running backs? Does he have a lot of experience in that? Solved. Greg Knox has plenty of experience. Look at all the 1,000-yard rushers he's coached uh, in his career. So... I like those moves on the offensive side. Defensively, everything was kind of in place with David Turner taking the defensive line job, Matt Brock, linebackers, defensive coordinator, Darcel McBath staying on as the cornerbacks coach. 
And then you have your new safeties coach, and that's Brett Dewhurst, who last year for Mississippi State was an analyst, a grad assistant, uh, a guy who's been working his way up the chain, and now he'll get his first opportunity as to be a head coach uh, for Mississippi State. Or, sorry, as an assistant coach for Mississippi State. And then Eric Mele will stay on as a special teams coach. I thought State's special teams last year, they they were great early. They went through some inconsistency in the middle, and they were really good late on, I thought. Really good late on. Uh, in the bowl game and in, in the Egg Bowl, I thought State's special teams were outstanding. Um, so they are definitely, definitely worth bringing back. And, of course, I, I didn't mention him, but Bumpus there on the offense as the wide receivers coach. And Kevin Barday will be the, the quarterback's coach and the offensive coordinator. You know, prior to this, obviously Mike Leach was, he held those roles as the head coach. He was the offensive coordinator. He was the quarterback's coach. So now you have to have one of those guys on staff and you do with Kevin Barbe. Um, my first thought when I look at that staff and from an X's and O's standpoint, I've obviously watched some tape. Some, some, there's some great YouTube videos of Barbe's offense of what he did at App State and what he did at Central Michigan. I highly suggest you go out. And find those and take a look at them for yourself to get an idea of what Mississippi State might look like uh, this fall. But my first thought is, from a recruiting perspective, I don't know that Mississippi State's ever been stronger. Obviously, Tony Hughes, his reputation speaks for itself as a recruiter. Um, as does, in my opinion, David Turner. Uh, David Turner is a man who's recruited guys like Fletcher Cox and and. Chris Jones and Jeff Simmons to Mississippi State. He tweeted something yesterday about, you know, if you don't believe you can get there for Mississippi State, come talk to me. I'll show you my references. Those references are about $300 million worth of NFL contracts play, being paid to players that he recruited and coached at Mississippi State. So you've got him. Matt Brock has got a great reputation, as a, has developed that at Mississippi State as a great recruiter. I thought McBath got better as a recruiter. These past couple of years, Will Friend has had a long time reputation as a great recruiter uh, here in the in the SEC. Uh, Bumpus, a young guy, you feel like he'll connect to today's players and former Mississippi State guy. Nobody will be more passionate about selling Mississippi State. So, from an on, on the field recruiting perspective, this is a very strong staff. I, I and Zach Arnett has made a couple of things clear. He's he's made a couple of, of points clear. That he he plans to emphasize recruiting, which you you never really hear Mississippi State coaches. You know, Moorhead talked about it, and I think Moorhead was big on recruiting, but I think that was more Moorhead. I think Moorhead, as the head coach, enjoyed recruiting. His staff, not particularly outstanding recruiters, in my opinion. Moorhead was the best recruiter on that staff. Mullen's staff, we all know the drill there. They were guys who were great evaluators, great developers of talent, but they were not going out and getting the, the, the top players year in and year out. They would find the diamonds in the rough and coach them up, but they couldn't ever really seal the deal on those four-star, five-star guys, for the most part. They got a few. This is a staff that's kind of built to do that, and I think it's a staff that's built to do that in the state of Mississippi. You know, Hughes, obviously, big time in the state of Mississippi. Friend is from Mississippi. Bumpus is from Mississippi. Turner has recruited this state many, many years. Brock is going to have, and Macbeth will have great relationships right now. So will Melee. So I think, you know, now I say that, and let's, let's temper our expectations. I don't expect Mississippi State to start becoming a top 10 recruiting school. I don't, I don't expect, you know, a massive jump in what state does year in and year out in recruiting. I just expect more consistency. 
I expect Mississippi State to be a player for more of the top prospects in this state. You know, top 10 classes for, for schools like Mississippi State are built on what you do out of state. Can you get four and five star players from outside your region, from outside your state borders? That's a tough sell. Very tough to do that when you're not, you know, unless you just want to, you know, flout, completely flout the rule, the rule book, which even in this day and age of NIL is possible. I don't think that's going to happen. So for me, I think that this, uh, this group that state has put together, to me anyway, looks like it should be a very strong recruiting group. Now, what will it be on the field? That, that obviously remains to be seen. Because, you know, with Barbe and what he likes to do offensively, right this second, state's not built to do that. You know, I think on the from an offensive line perspective, they'll be fine. Turning those guys into run blockers, that's not a huge issue. But you got to find some tight ends. You know, you're going to go from playing four wide receivers and playing eight to ten wide receivers to you're probably going to cut that down to six to seven. So you're going to you probably have some attrition there, to be totally honest with you. After the spring, I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of wideouts leave, a couple of guys who are a little bit down the depth chart. And then you've got Rodgers, who accurate passer, leadership, experience, not going to be flustered, but mobility, not there. That's why State goes out and gets a guy like Mike Wright from the transfer portal, the transfer from Vanderbilt, who I think you will see involved in some packages this year where State will want to run the quarterback. And they will also, I think he also has been brought in to push Rodgers. You know, State needs that. State needs, you know, every position needs a guy pushing the next guy, you know. Just because you got a good first teamer, you don't want that second teamer to just be, you know, a nobody. You want him pushing the first teamer. You want that guy to have to work. So Will Rogers is going to have to work this offseason. That's a good thing for Mississippi State. That's a good thing for Will Rogers. Competition breeds success. So I'm excited about this new staff from a recruiting perspective. Obviously, I'm going to play wait and see to see what you know they look like when you get out on the field. Spring practice this year should be interesting for a change. I want to I want to see what this offense looks like. I want to see you know you don't have any tight ends, so what do you do? You go more four wide and two back, or three wide and two back, or do you have to go four wide, or do you try to move a running back around? Do you move some personnel? I don't know the answers to that. We'll find them out in the, in the coming weeks, obviously. But a lot of stuff coming up uh, to talk about in the spring, and, and that would not have been the case otherwise. So we'll see how that uh, that takes us when we come back. Mississippi State wide receivers coach Chad Bumpus will join us. We'll talk maybe some recruiting with him, but we'll definitely talk Mississippi State football, and we'll try to get an idea about that offense with him. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Listen up! gives me great pleasure to introduce this man, Chad Bumpus, wide receivers coach at Mississippi State. Chad, 
I was telling Rhino during the break, normally when I have coaches on, I, I say, hey, coach, hey, coach. I'm, I'm not, I can't do that with you. But at the same time, I don't think you're going to call me Brian either, are you? <laughs> no, man. How's it going? Man, it is so good to talk to you. Let's talk about the journey to get back to Starkville because that's, that's what I feel like it's been for you. You were hired you know, before the offensive coordinator. You were basically on the staff regardless of who ended up taking the offensive coordinator job. You know, when you first talked to Coach Arnett, how how excited were you to get that offer to come back to Mississippi State? Man, I was uh, I was very very excited. He uh, he actually called, the day he got named the head coach, he called me that night um, and didn't offer me anything then, um, but told me that I got every intention on bringing you back home. So um, once I got that phone call, I was fired up. Um, and again, it was just a matter of letting everything play out, playing the bowl games and getting everything done. But, man, um, as you can imagine, I couldn't have been happier. You know, you spent the past couple of years at Utah, and you've had some success recruiting in Mississippi. You know, you, you've already made some of those connections. As you've been trying, I know you and the rest of the coaching staff have been traveling the state and, and seeing high school coaches. When you walk into high schools right now, are you getting a lot of chat? It's, it's good to see you. Welcome home kind of, kind of vibes from everybody? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of it. Um, happy to have you back. Uh, happy to be home. Happy to get you back on staff. Uh, you know, just a, a lot of excitement, which, um, I mean, shoot, I'm excited, too. So it's always good to hear, and it's always good to be wanted. So, um, And, again, yeah, a lot beautiful city out in Salt Lake City. Um, great organization. Working for Coach Witt is was unbelievable. Um, and, again, they do stuff the right way out there. But there's nothing like home, man. So I got the opportunity and jumped on it. We talked in the previous uh, segment about recruiting, and it feels like this staff has been put together with an emphasis and an eye towards recruiting. What is Coach Arnett's message to you guys as far as recruiting goes? Um, win the state, right? Win uh we're going to recruit our, fr- our footprint harder than anybody else. We're going to recruit the state of Mississippi harder than anybody else. When we've had success at Mississippi State, when there, I mean, there is a stretch now where we were doing some really, really good things. Um, and all of those teams were dominated by guys from in-state or uh, very close to the, to the border. So, um, yeah, that's been the message, man. Recruit the state, get the player, identify the best players in the state and keep them home and more importantly, keep them in maroon and white. So, um, again, I think he understands that. And like you said, he's hired the guys on the staff that can get it done. So, um, we're, we're excited. There's some really good talent in this state and there's a lot of guys that's been offered by some different programs, but we're up for the challenge, man. Our job is to keep those guys at home and, and win a lot of ball games with them. You know, you're you're coaching with a couple of guys. I think that coached when you were at Mississippi State as a player with David Turner and Tony Hughes. Is how who 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 finds that more unusual, them or you? Uh, I don't know. I think it's a it's a little bit of a mix. The the first day coach uh, Coach Turner got there, he uh, we're in the locker room and he goes, "Man, the last time I was here, you were in the other locker room." So uh, I think it just feels a little different for everybody, man. It's just. Um, but it's been awesome, man. Again, just having some familiar familiarity. Uh, Coach Knox being back, you know what I mean. So, man, it's yeah. uh, it's been great. So, Kevin Barbe, you talk about familiarity. That's a name Mississippi State fans don't have a ton of familiarity with. For you as a coach, what did you know about him before he came on here in Starkville? Um, 
I've known Coach Wabe for a little bit. So I don't know if you remember, I uh, I actually took the Central Michigan job for about three weeks before um, I went back to Utah. That's right. And so when I was yeah. there, he was the offensive coordinator there. So uh, uh, again, when I got um, when I got hired here, he texted me congratulations, uh, and that um, again his name may be floating around a little bit. So uh, we have been talking for a while. Um, saw him down at the coaches' convention, and I mean, um, everything just clicked. So it, uh, it worked out. I'm very, very excited to get to work with him. Uh, I know what his plan is, what his what his idea is, what he wants to do on offense, and I'm all for it. So um, it's been great, man. What does his offense require from your receivers? Uh, making plays downfield. What I really like about him is. His whole deal is identify the guys that can score at any moment and get them the ball. Right? It doesn't, I mean, we're going to move guys around. Um, we're going to get it to our playmakers in a bunch of different ways, whether it's a fly sweep, whether it's a bubble, whether it's a big post over the top, whatever it is. What do you do well? Right? And again, as coaches, it's easy for us to change what we do than it is for the kids to change what they do well. I say kids. It sounds crazy still. Um, but that's what he that's what he does. We're going to fit our scheme around the personnel we have and we're going to put him in position to, to be successful. When you think about the wide receiver room that you came into as a player. I mean, you walked in there knowing I'm going to have to play a ton this year because right. we just don't have the talent at that position. And then brought in you and and a bunch of other freshmen, Rico Sanders, Brandon Heavens and all those guys, and y'all had to play right away. Now you've got a veteran group, guys who have made a lot of plays in the SEC. You know, as a coach, how how comforting is that to walk in and go, okay, I know we've got some proven commodities here. Uh, really good, man. Again, it it makes you feel better about putting those guys on the field. But again, at the same time, they're learning a completely different offense, right? A lot of um, in the previous offense, it was a lot of uh, mesh routes, shallow routes, chasing grass, chasing space. We're going to run a real route tree. I'm excited about it. But, again, you talk about guys that's played at this level or in this league, had a lot of success. Um, and, again, when you bring younger guys in, they have guys to look up to and that can show them what it takes to be successful at this level. And um, as a coach, uh, walking into a new room, that always makes you feel good. Have some older guys to lean on a little bit, and um, hopefully we get it done. This is going to be a veteran football team. There's going to, there's going to be big expectations, in my opinion, for, for Mississippi State in 2023. You know, we, we, we talked about if there hadn't been all of this change, this was a team that you, you would have thought a lot of people would have had preseason top 20, top 25. You know, what are the expectations within the, the, the seal building right now for this football team? I know it's early, but you, it's never too early to talk about those kind of things. Right. And again, it, it's the same as it always is. How can we get better every single day? Find something to get better at every day. Again, if you, if you say, oh, we got a list of things that we got to fix, we got to correct. Um, it's hard to do all of that in a short period of time. But if you focus on one thing and get better at that and then move on to the next, I think we'll be fine. But again, like you say, uh, a new offense. So again, obviously we got to get that installed and then find for me specifically in my room, find where to put the pieces, right? Uh, who are my best four guys and how can I get them on the field at the same time? Is it three? Um, again, we're going to do some stuff with a tight end, but, um, find those top guys and try to uh, find a way to get them on the field together. 
And that way, uh, the quarterback feels comfortable. He has more options in his get. He's able to spread the ball around to guys that we know can make plays for us. What's a tight end, Chad? I haven't seen one of those in a few years. <laughs> I don't know what that is anymore. Good ones, man. Uh, I know, uh, but but yeah, not recently. So, I know it's been. How, how is that going to work this spring? Do you have an idea of, of of because I mean, right now there's not one on the roster. Are they going to have to move some of your guys around? I don't know. Uh, there's been some talk, but I'm fighting for them. <laughs> I want to keep as many guys in my room <laughs> as I can. And it's like, I just got here. Give me the spring at least. And let's see. But, you know, uh, we we got to have that position. And, again, as a guy, like, hey, I want to start. Oh, you're the only tight end on the roster. You're automatically starting. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, the uh, recruiting pitch should be easy. Yeah, it's going to be a little different. Uh, guys getting adjusted and um Maybe bring us a guy or two in, but um, yeah, that's going to be a new position for us here recently, and we just got to find the best fit, find the best guy for the job. Going back to recruiting a little bit, you know, it's hard to believe, but we're only you know, a week away from signing day. But you know, the yeah. first signing day has already come and gone. That's all, all of the drama. You're out there recruiting right now, and I would imagine it's mainly 2024 kids. But do you expect to see a couple more guys added to this class at this point? Yeah, potentially. Um, I don't know so that we'll add anybody from my room. Um, but, yeah, there's, I mean, Coach Arnett's biggest deal. If there's a guy out there who can make us better, bring him. Right, bring him to the table. And, again, I say uh, not looking in my room, but, hey, if we find somebody that can come in and make us a better football team, we absolutely want to add him. We will see what happens. It's hard. It's really hard to believe you think about signing day nowadays, and especially like you go back to when you were being recruited, and that first Wednesday in February was such a big deal. And now it's just oh like, man, it was huge. Oh, that's right. It's it's yeah. And now it's just like oh, that's right. It's this week. You forget. Oh, yeah, signing so. day's coming up. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's, Chad, it's on a personal a level, man, deal. I want Chad on a personal level. I'll tell you, I'm so excited you're back. You and I have had been had a friendship for a while, and uh, glad to have you back at Starville. One last thing before you go, though, and I think you know what it's going to be, right? <laughs> Shout out to your mom, Chad. Hey, mama. <laughs> she is so <laughs> excited. Chad Bolfus. Listen, you know we had we just had a newborn, so uh, yeah. I mean, it's always like, hey, happy to have you home, but where's the baby? So um, exactly. It's good to be at work. <laughs> I know how that goes. <laughs> so Chad no, Bolfus, Mississippi excited. State wide receivers coach. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Yes, sir. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. If you missed my interview with my friend Chad Bumpus, it's available on the Sports Talk Mississippi and the uh, Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. Wherever you subscribe to podcasts from, you can get it right there. And of course, this show, all five weekly Thunder and Lightnings that I do with Robbie Falk and and any, uh, any other special interviews I do, they all go right there to that podcast feed for you. And, of course, you can get the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast. If you're an Ole Miss fan and you're listening, they have the Rebel Report. If you're a USM fan, we have the Eagle Hour. And none of this costs you a dime. Everybody else, you know, oh, it's this much a month, this much a month. How about nothing a month? How does that sound? Uh, Eggs are expensive. Sports Talk Mississippi is not. 
Simple as that. And, of course, also don't forget to subscribe to the Super Talk YouTube channel. I will have video uh, of that interview as well. I mean, you've got to really want to look at my face to watch the video, but it will be there. If you don't do podcasts, you can always do YouTube. Uh, Super Talk YouTube channel. Subscribe now. Get notifications. All, all of our great content from Sports Talk Mississippi, from the Gallo Show, from uh, Middays with Gerard, Rebecca Turner. We got it all right there uh, in one-stop shopping. Let's get away from football for a minute. Let's talk some basketball. Mississippi State tips off uh, at 8 o'clock against the Alabama Crimson Tide, the number two-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide, who are one of the hottest teams in the country and maybe the best team in the country. Uh, I was already beaten Mississippi State once this year in the conference opener, 78-67. That game was in Starkville tonight in Tuscaloosa. I would be lying to you if I, I said I thought State had a chance. I, I really don't believe State has much of a chance in this game. Um, just not only due to the fact of their own offensive inefficiencies uh, and, and, and where they lack uh, firepower there, but... The fact of the matter is Alabama is just playing outstanding basketball. Uh, Coleman Coliseum, despite the fact that it is a barn, uh, is a, a very intimidating and hostile environment right now for opposing uh, teams. Uh, Nate Oates has that team going in the right direction, that program going in the right direction. I, I, I'll be honest with you, with Nate Oates, I don't know how much longer he is for Tuscaloosa. When you see a program like Louisville struggling the way they are, they're not going to tolerate that. When you see Kentucky struggling, and maybe John Calipari talking about going to Texas, those are big jobs that Nate Oates will be a candidate for. No question in my mind. But right now, he's got his Alabama Crimson side number two in the country. Um, Stan had a tough loss on Saturday. The uh, the game with uh, with Florida had some opportunities, had chances to get to get the lead, get the win, and they just don't have the capabilities right now to do that. And unfortunately, this is not the NBA where you can just make a trade. You know, stake a trade a, a couple of big men for a shooter and, and figure it out. But you just got to go you know, dig, play with the, 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 the hand you got uh, if you're Chris Chance. And I feel, and I've, I've said this before, I know I said it on a podcast uh, last week, that, I, you know, this is a tough stretch for State. They've lost eight. They're going to end up losing eight of nine. They lose tonight. Saturday, they play the number 11 team in the country, TCU, who's another hot basketball team playing great basketball. They're probably going to lose that game. They will have lost eight of nine from a 12 and one start. That is a bad stretch. We talked about, you know, state has done enough in non-conference to survive a bad stretch, but I was thinking like a three or four game losing streak. I did not think it was going to be losing eight of nine games. Now, in reality, if we can, if we can really look at the big picture, State's played six top 25 teams in this nine-game stretch we're talking about. All right, I'm not overly surprised they're going to lose all six of those games, right? So then you have Ole Miss, Georgia, Florida. Florida's net is 48. They're not a terrible team. You lost by two. You live with it. You beat Ole Miss. It's that Georgia game that's really hurting you right now. If you had just beaten Georgia, who had, that's a sub-100 net team. That's a bad loss. You missed 15 free throws in a game you lost by eight. It's a bad loss. There's no getting around that. If you just won that game and you were sitting here at 13 and 6 and 2 and 5, maybe you feel, you just feel a little bit different. Not that you're going to think you're going to beat Alabama, but you feel better about the, the rest of the season. The rest of the way, State doesn't play a single team that's currently ranked in the top 25. They have two games with South Carolina. That should be two wins. 
They get to go to Ole Miss, who, as we, as we know, is is just playing on the, the string to, to fire Kermit Davis. You should be able to go to Oxford and win. It's not, it's not a gimme by any stretch of the imagination, but you should be able to do it. You have two with Missouri. You should be able to maybe get one of those games, probably the one at home, obviously. Uh, you have Vanderbilt, Texas A&M. Can you, can you split those games? Probably. Those are both, I think they're both in Starkville. Uh, LSU comes to Starkville. LSU is not a good basketball team right now. You should be able to beat them. You should be able to beat them. Arkansas on the road, tough. They're, they're, they're a good team. They're getting a little bit better. They're getting healthy. They, they, they had injury issues. Three weeks ago, I said state has a great chance to beat Kentucky. Now I don't know. You know, Schwebway is not a great matchup for Tolu Smith. Tolu Smith not playing well right now. Has not been playing well throughout conference play. He's had some moments here and there, but, you know, he was, he was on the bench in the clutch time last week against Florida, but it was the right call. Will McNair was playing better than him. Simple as that. So I feel like the stretch state is in has taken some of the shine off of Chris Jans, and it really should not have. Because this team is 13-6, and six, and in reality, from a talent perspective, they should probably be, you know, what? I, I, let me do the math here. Let me take 3-10, 10-9, something like that. I mean, from a talent perspective, they're just not that great. But they play together as a team. They play great defense, and they find ways to win. And that's what's gotten them to the 13 and 6. And I think that's what can get them to 17 or 18 wins in conf- you know, when we get to, to the end of the season. And that will put them in the NIT. And in year one for Chris Jans, in a year where honestly, in the transfer portal, he struck out on some guys. That would have made a difference for Mississippi State. Some shooters. You saw one last night in Oxford. If you went, if you watched that game, Isaiah Mosley was a guy that State desperately wanted to get. Felt like they had him in in, in, in a good position, and then he just got an, an unbeatable NIL deal from Missouri, and that's where he went. Good for him. That's he made the right decision for himself and his family. But State could have used him as a shooter. Could have used somebody on the perimeter like him. Could have used a guy like Iverson Molinar coming back for another year. But they didn't get him. And so you have a team that is just not really capable of it. And you've had some, you know, honestly, a guy like Eric Reed, he's been a little bit of a disappointment for Mississippi State this year. That's a guy that shot, you know, I think 40% from three at Southeast Missouri. And I didn't expect him to come in and average 14, 15 a game like he did there. But I thought you know you would think perimeter shooting is perimeter shooting, and you're you're gonna just you know open looks are open looks. But it has they haven't fallen for him, and he he's been a guy. I mean, when you're talking about a guy who's a starter who has had a, two or three games where he's scored in you know five or less points, and it's not like he's giving you a ton on the boards and a ton of block shots or anything like that to make up for it. He's not because he's not a post player. DJ Jeffries, honestly, I mean, he's just cold right now. And that's a guy that I thought when he signed with Mississippi State as a transfer was going to be a big-time scorer for the Bulldogs, and it, it just hasn't worked out that way. State basically has a bunch of role players and no stars. I mean, Tolu Smith is the closest thing to a star, but look at the way he's played these last few weeks. You know, State's gotten a little better at the free-throw shooting. They had the horrible three-point game against Auburn the last two games. They've been better, not good. Not good, better. There's a difference between being good and being better. Um, 
And so now they'll go, you know, it's just about getting these last two games out of the way. And then we'll, we'll get a much better idea of what this team is in the, uh, in the final, I guess that would be, uh, seven, eight, 12 games of conference play. So 12 games. If they could be six and six in that, and they would finish what, seven and, uh, 11 in the conference, something like that. Seven and seven and, yeah, something like that. I, I, I you know what? I'm I'm done with the math. I'm not going to try anymore. But if they can, in their final twelve, go six and six, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's totally acceptable for me. It's, it's not. It's not twelve games. So they play eighteen conference games. They're one and six, one and seven tonight. That's eight. So ten more games. Could they go five and five? I take it. You take it. That's year one. That's not a bad year for Chris Jans. And. uh and Cope. Jason says, I'm still impressed with Coach Jans. I think anyone who's disappointed already, they don't know what they're watching. I mean, the team is better, objectively better on the court in terms of the way they play defense. And then if you watch them play offense, they miss shots. And I can't get around that. They miss shots, but they get good looks. And they get to the free throw line. You normally getting to the free throw line 20, 25 times is winning basketball. But when you don't, when you miss 50% of the shots, it's not. What can you do? So, State and Bama, 8 o'clock tip on the SEC network. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's just, it's just about survival with, with that team playing that team. We'll wrap things up when we come back. I got an interesting recruiting story that I want to talk about, something I, I don't know that I've ever heard of. We'll discuss that when we come back. One last go around on Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk. Mississippi. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. Finish things up here on uh, Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. You know, in recruiting these days, it seems like everybody knows everybody, right? It feels like nobody, you know, some players get undervalued, but for a big time player to go completely under the radar, very rare, very rare. And yet that has happened in our great state over the past couple of weeks uh, as a player that literally, literally no one had heard of, except maybe the people in the fine town of Monticello, Mississippi, down there at Lawrence County High School, it, it knew. Jonathan Davis. Now, first off, how did this kid fly under the radar at six foot five and 305 pounds? Big kid. Big defensive lineman. Yeah, he, nobody was offering this kid. And then you look up today, he's got offers from state. He's on an official visit to Ole Miss uh, as we speak, I believe. And he, he was supposed to visit Texas this weekend. He turned that down, and he's coming to Starkville uh, this weekend. How does that happen? 
I went and looked at Lawrence County's uh, football schedule, and I mean, they didn't play uh, a whole bunch of teams that had other D1 prospects. The only one I saw was Brookhaven, who had uh, Amari Smith, who signed with Mississippi State, offensive lineman there. But that was the first game of the season. I, and that, I remember that game because Richard Cross and I were, were there. We uh, we did a remote uh, from Colin. That was part of the uh, the King's Daughters Medical Center uh, classic down there. And so Mississippi State looking like they're going to sign a kid who now twenty four seven unranked unranked did not did not have a profile for this kid twenty four hours ago now he's the number six recruit in the state of Mississippi they bumped him up ahead of guys like Brayson Hubbard who signed with Alabama uh, Zay Alexander who signed with State Alex Sanford who signed with Arkansas bumped him up ahead of all these guys he's just shy of Ty Jones who was the uh, Mississippi Player of the Year in 1A, four-star kid out of Bay Springs. How is that possible? How did nobody get this kid to a camp? I've never seen anything like I mean, look, I've heard of, 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 of guys, you know, you find late in the process, but there's late in the process, and then there's late in the process. Even those kids you find late in the process, somebody had offered them. How did USM let this guy slip? He should have been committed to Southern months ago. State should be trying to flip him. Had offers. Listen, his offer list prior to this week was Jacksonville State, Coastal Carolina, and Southeast Louisiana. Now he's added two SEC schools in Texas to his list. Insane. Absolutely crazy. Signing day, like I, I was talking about with uh, with Coach Bumpus. The other signing day, one week from today. I'm not planning to take that one off. I'll, I'll be here for that one. I, I, I know I missed the last one. Uh, and I, I would expect, I, I, this kid looks like he'll become part of the class. And obviously, Chad couldn't talk about the current players, but if I'm state, I, I'm, I'm trying to find a high school tight end, aren't I? Makes sense to go out and find one. At this time of year, there's not going to be a whole lot of, of great prospects available, but, but two things. There are going to be some prospects available and B or two. I promise you've signed worse. I can look through the recruiting classes and find them if you'd like me to show you some examples. You've taken bigger chances on than, than some of the tight ends that are still available. So I think Chad is, you know, he, when he's saying not his room, but he, I think he is talking about the offense there for sure. They would like to get another guy. And then, you know, the portal will bring, uh, bring itself back into focus after the spring. You'll see a few guys come go out and a few guys come in. I think State will probably push for another quarterback. To be totally honest with you, you know they'll they'll push for a guy like uh, another guy like Mike Wright, a veteran guy who, who's lost out on a starting job and is ready to find a new spot. And then you know, can you bring that player in in year one and to compete with Rodgers and see where it goes? And then you look at the next year. I mean, if you really want to play the the, the long game, twenty twenty four. You know, right now you have Mike Wright and Chris Parson. I mean, that almost reeks of having to go get a portal quarterback for 2024. You might actually have to go get the guy you think is going to be the starter. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, tomorrow on Thunder and Lightning, Robbie and I uh, preview uh, tomorrow night's game in Oxford, Mississippi State and Ole Miss women's basketball. Really big game for both teams. Uh, if State can win, they can really set their path for the NCAA tournament. Uh, and they would like to get a win uh, in the pavilion. Coach Purcell's first trip to Oxford. 
We also talk a little bit more about the uh, Jonathan Davis kids, and we go into a little more detail about that. And, of course, our favorite correspondent, Future Brian, he will uh, recap what happens in Tuscaloosa between Mississippi State and Alabama. Guys, once again, let me thank you for uh, tuning in to Thunder and Lightning. I want to thank Chad Bumpus one more time for joining me tonight. And uh, thank Rhino down there in Studio X. He made everything work for me. I always appreciate him. Talk to you again uh, tomorrow on Sports Talk Mississippi. And, of course, next week here on Thunder and Lightning Live. Thanks, guys. Talk to you again soon. Mississippi Media Production.